Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> uh, let me open in prayer and then we'll get started. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the great privilege and blessing it is to be your children. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us and you've shown your love for us in Christ our Lord through your word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we ask, Lord, that as you have given us your spirit, that you would take hold of us and use us as your instruments uh, this morning as well as in the whole course of our lives. I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be together as brothers and sisters in Christ and that you would strengthen us, guide us, direct us, empower us to interact with the world that you have created in which we have been called to be salt and light. I thank you in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you don't have them, uh, Dave, uh, I mean Bob, each one of those two white uh, booklets on the table you should get. And anyone else who comes through. Um, you should have two booklets. One is an overview and mission, a daily prayer guide. And then there's also some, a few more of the brochures of being able to keep track. It's, been, it's helpful for me over the years. As I read the Word of God, I do it on a monthly basis. I go through Psalms and Proverbs, uh, five Psalms a day and one proverb a day will take you through the month, except for the 31st, you have to add that somewhere, and um, I added some others that if you'd like to read through Paul's epistles in a month, to challenge yourself in that, you can do that, or if you want to read the Gospels and Acts, you can do that in a month, or what's called the general epistles, which is the books that Paul did not write, and uh, you can read through those, so it, might be helpful. One of the things that I have been greatly impressed by, and it came from a member of our house here in Lancaster County, Brett Miller, and the first prayer gathering I was a part of at the state capitol, he offered one prayer. He didn't come back to this particular prayer gathering anymore, and I, I, I don't quite blame him for doing that. It was, a, it was an awkward, odd. Um, there's the brochures there, uh, Allie and... Uh, you can each take one if you like. There, there, there's plenty. Um, but his prayer to the folks that were gathering to pray was, please pray for our pastors. Please pray for our pastors. And if you think about why he was suggesting, he later on explained why he was saying, please pray for our pastors, because he was thinking about you. The folks that have gathered to hear the word of God preached need to be changed. We need to be alerted to the real work of God in our culture, within this world, what our role is, what our responsibilities are, that we are strengthened because as the population of Pennsylvania, just specifically with where I work, as the population of Pennsylvania gets more spiritually strengthened, we will more likely elect leaders that are more spiritually strengthened and focus more towards the kingdom of God, more towards the responsibilities of which they have sworn to
to obey and, and uphold and protect the Constitution of Pennsylvania, which in many cases right now is just a side issue. It's what do I think is expedient? What do I think is important as a legislature, legislator? And some of those things are very contrary to our Constitution and are very, can be very focused on a particular group of people and excluding the whole of my state. Did you all get any of the brochures? Yeah, one each. Um, and so uh, part of ministry to state, the reason I have the books out on the table wherever I go, is to encourage people to get stronger, to plead to God, to give each of us that desire to fully, completely, and utterly be devoted to Christ and his kingdom. And as we were challenged at a recent retreat for NTS by our executive director, NTS is 20 years old right now. For the first um, 14 years, it was really one guy and his wife that were in Washington, D.C., having left um, Oklahoma City, a large, thriving congregation, but God had moved in his heart. So he left a five-bedroom home and the... Uh, outskirts, uh, suburbs of uh, Oklahoma City, and moved into a uh, condemned building, condemned home, which is all they could afford at the time, and it took them 11 years to get it fixed up. But the call was to minister, and now, in those last six years, we're now in seven other states in in the course, and the goal is to continue to add more people. But he said one of the challenges was you, we might want to think. We've been doing things for 20 years, as he related it to MPS. And many of us have been doing things for 40, 50, 20, 30 years of our lives. And he just wanted to challenge us with a possible paradigm shift. Maybe the way that you were think, you've been thinking about doing things could use a refresher from God in the spirit, from his word. And the best way that we will get that is as we are in the word, reading it, meditating upon it, being influenced by it, and in prayer. I find myself, I don't know if I've been as vulnerable in ministry, uh, maybe the pastorate, but in life with MTS. With the pastorate, I pretty much knew where my paycheck was coming from each week or each month. But MTS, I'm just completely dependent upon what God's going to provide. I can keep trying to find ways to um, try to be more convincing or something like that, but it really comes down to depending upon God and the graciousness of his people as to what he's going to provide. But the paradigm shift was I spend pretty much all day praying to God. It's transformed the, uh, the way I think about life. Uh, I was before, and I still am a recovering complainer. I would see things that I go, that's not right. I may not voice it, but I'm thinking to myself, that's wrong. They're not driving right. They're not raising their kids right, or whatever. You know, we, we can do that. And he challenged me. And it changed me when I came up with the phrase, pray more, complain less. And instead of being distraught, I mean, we can still look at it and go, that's not right. 
but there's something to pray about. We, on the TV, we see what's going on in Washington, D.C., or in Harrisburg, or wherever. We can be active and engaged by prayer. So, yeah. and, um, there is a, and there is a great physician who can heal. You know yes, what I mean? So if we don't yes. go to him, we can't expect him to heal if we're not, if not pleading to him. Way beyond what... Um, we can what do. We can accomplish. Right. What even we I, I look at the work that I'm trying to do at the state capitol. There are 253 legislators there, with probably an average of between five and ten, maybe a little bit more staffers. So we're we're really talking close to a thousand people um, when we add all of the the folks that could be connected to to that. Um, each state senator is been elected in a district of 250,000 people. Each House member is elected in a district of 65,000. The influence that these 253 individuals can have, along with all of the supplemental (laughs) folks that are not elected, all the non-elected officials that are in Harrisburg, can have a great and significant impact upon what's happening in Pennsylvania, what's happening in our state. And that's one of the things that motivated Chuck Garriott to go to the Capitol. He, um, let me see if I can find it here. There was a quote that I wanted to read. Yes, we have good reasons. Um, it's under what happened. Uh, We have good reasons to be concerned for those who govern and those who serve them. Although we have no kings in our country, leaders in positions of power and influence can bring great blessings like light after the night or lush green vegetation after rain. They can serve their constituents well and thus further a vibrant and growing community. They can help improve the economy and support the growth of employment to a city or aid in improving the health of families. They have the responsibility to be concerned with acts of mercy and can make a difference to those in need. If you would just imagine with me for a while, what if we had a majority of the representatives and senators and the people that work in our state government that were diligent in wanting to be constitutionally minded and biblically focused in thinking what is the consequence of my action here for the glory of God. How would that be different in our culture? And I'm convinced that it's God alone that's going to bring the change. And part of God bringing that change is you and I. Part of what ministry to state i become really convinced of is it's important for the work that I do, but I am ever more convinced that it's going to be more important for the work that folks like yourself could do. You each have a House member that is in your district, and each of you have a senator that's in your district. Some of us may not even know who they are, let alone have never even contacted them, and possibly have never even prayed for them. What we're trying to do with Ministry of the State is create that awareness to say this This is an important mission field. And like most mission fields, there are believers that are there that are trying to do a good job, but it's very, very, very hard. I talked with a fellow, I was out in Pittsburgh yesterday at the Pittsburgh Presbytery giving a presentation, 
and I was talking to one of the pastors after the presbytery, and um, a friend of his at one time had been actually a justice in our civil government. And he went in as a believer, and he said, I thought the corruption was bad, but the debauchery is way beyond what I comprehended. He couldn't stay. Yesterday we heard a presentation of a really excellent organization, it sounds like. It's called the Keystone Family Alliance. Has anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, they, they connect. It's a Christian organization that connects churches with the foster care system. They found that 90% of foster families will continue fostering when they have a support group. And they provide try to provide that to, to stimulate the body of Christ reaching into a community. They highlighted one particular group that um, one county, I forget which county it was, but it got started with one church. And their prayer was that there will eventually be more people wanting foster children than there will be foster children wanting uh, parents. And they achieved that several years ago after about, I think it was six, eight, ten years or something like that. And so he was inspiring us a bit in his presentation about foster care of what if. He asked that question multiple times. And, and I thought about that. And I thought about the same thing. What if our paradigm shifts a little bit related to our civil government. Instead of going, yuck, yuck, yuck. I hate what they're doing. They're all a mess. They're all corrupt. Everything's a problem. To say, what could God use me to do in whatever capacity, whether you're a busy stay-at-home mom or a, a busy working dad, whether you're retired, whether you're young and still growing up, Whatever your situation, there may be a way in some capacity that you can contribute, be an instrument in God's hands. We call it secondary means or, uh, or causes within the uh, Reformed theology. That we see that God uses instruments to carry out his good purposes, his providential care. And that we could do that. So it's considering that possible paradigm shift of how you may live your lives. It's a challenge to, to each and every one of us. But it, it can make a difference. And I, and I remind folks in the daily prayer guide that when we pray, we are not praying to try and convince God to do something that he is unwilling to do. What happens in prayer, and when if you try it, for an extended period of time, with a greater intensity maybe than you've ever done, it is a transforming event. I am convinced that God has given us prayer, that he welcomes the conversation, that the Holy Spirit's engaged in our prayer, that Christ our Lord is interceding on our behalf, and we are praying. One of the primary reasons we're praying is to be a transformation of us. That we are seeing more often, more clearly, the will of God Amen. in this world and in, in our lives. But it also is useful. The pray prayers of a righteous person accomplish great. Not because the person is righteous, and not because prayer is powerful, but because God is powerful. 
And God uses his people to bring about those ends that he has purposed. And in the process, we grow ever closer to God as we acquiesce our our self-reliance into a complete dependence. Um, A few thoughts on prayer to consider as you pray. This is from Paul David Tripp, his New Morning Mercies. Really good uh, devotional that Kathy and I are using for our second year. Uh, This is September 11th. Prayer acknowledges God's existence. Prayer bows to God's glory. Prayer submits to God's plan. Prayer confesses allegiance to God's kingdom. Prayer rests in God's provisions. Prayer celebrates God's grace. Prayer commits to God's work. I'm not going to go through every aspect of this prayer guide, but I would (coughs) urge you, and I encourage you to please read it and let me know what you think about it. In light of that, if there's anyone here that would be willing to edit, um, I smile with our professional editor here, (laughs) but it's not not saying that you have to. Um, I welcome any comments on any of this material. It's not final. It gets out and it's exposed, but it will continue to hopefully be better. I just put um, together one something I had worked on before. It's, it's a new life in Jesus. It's a presentation of the gospel. And if anyone would be willing to take it and read it and tell me what you think, I would appreciate that. So I'll put this here for anyone, nice and close to Corey. What? Oh, Ryan. I'll leave it here. You can pick it up when you. I'm ready done. So. Um, In looking at, I want to focus on this prayer guide for a time, and then I'll go back to a little bit more of the mission, because this has become a foundational uh, component of ministry to state. For me, I have committed, as it talks about here on the front, this daily prayer guide, I have committed to uh, pray for um, and communicate with seven members of our house every day. Uh, either by sending an email and saying, I prayed for you, sending a card, I prayed for you, or sending a card, not sending a card, taking a card. When I go to the Capitol on Wednesdays, I stop by, and everyone that I had not sent the cards to that week, maybe the ones I did Monday or Tuesday, I waited, so I saved some postage and a little bit more personal than sending an email. I drop them off and say, I've been praying for you, and I use language that many of our representatives and senators may not be familiar with. They don't, it's not a part. It's grace, faith, virtue, honor. Pennsylvania's motto is virtue, liberty, independence. Imagine just praying our motto to our state capital of the kind of changes that God might be pleased to bring. And then there are two senators, so I pray for them. And as you see, as it gets further into the month, there's only... We have 50 senators, so there's only 25 days to pray for them. And so I've added the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, attorney general, and things like that, uh, our justices and others, to fill in the five days that the, uh, uh, the Senate can't fill in. And so that takes a while. And I'm not always consistent in doing it every day. And believe it or not, you probably can, it's a spiritual battle. There are some days I go, is it worth it? Is it going to have any effect? I'm too tired. Or 
maybe I'll try something else. But I have been deeply convicted by the Holy Spirit that this is something that's at the very foundation of what I need to continue doing. Everything's going to build on that. That I am praying regularly. I'm not just praying their name and a couple things. I've given 30 suggestions on what you might do. If you come up with some others, let me know, and I'll see about adding them. To look, one, one mentor of mine suggested that we use one a month, one a day. Pick number one suggestion and pray that through the people that you choose to pray for. Use all of the 30 suggestions in a month. I initially put 20, and he said, expand it to 30. Maybe we can just use one a month, one a day. Um, but it, I give him the, uh, right there on the, the first page on the inside, there is a listing of all of the emails, I mean the websites, of the House, the Governor, and the State Capitol in general. And they're very nice websites. Um, one can also go on, they'll have a little bit of a bio for each of them. You see their picture. Sometimes it's an old picture. <laughs> they're much older now. Uh, some have been there for a long, but they give data as just some things that are important to them. Sometimes they'll list a, a spouse or a, a, um, a partner. We have a, a few that have partners um, or children. But you can also uh, do another search. You just simply put their name in, and another um, uh, bio will show up, and that's for each caucus, the Democrat and the Republican caucus. So with a little effort, one could get to know a little bit more. And then you can, if you just wanted to focus on your representative or senator and senator, you can go to their particular spot and you can get on their mailing list and you'll get an email regularly from them. And they'll also tell you, on, mostly on a weekly basis, they'll send out an update and they'll tell you what's going on. And you can become someone who gets to know for the kingdom of Christ those who are serving in an ordained ministry by God. Our civil government is ordained by God. It's here for his purpose. Um, and so getting to know them more, and then even if God has moved in you to write them, I really encourage if you pray for someone, try to let them know somehow. Uh, I know you, it won't always happen. But when you can, and it's going it, to... It, like learning something new, it's hard to take a time away from this or that. But if you can, as much as possible, let them know you pray for them and a little bit about what you pray. Because what we're doing is we're taking untasted food in many cases to folks that are thinking, this doesn't taste good. And then it starts to taste good. And it starts to be welcomed and appreciated. Um, if someone um, has a particular religious uh, um, declaration, you can find that sometimes by the schools they went to or even sometimes in their larger bio they'll say the church that they have belonged to or such. And so you might have an understanding on how to pray for that person based on your knowledge of that religious or spiritual background. And it starts to go. We have some folks that have made it a point <coughs> that once a month, they stop in and they say hello. And sometimes they bring something that would be nice for the people in the district office to eat. I've taken cookies to the state capitol and they were greatly appreciated. Um, it's really important. It's been, I've been convinced that 
this is a, a long-term event. Um, this is, in many ways, slogging through the mud. Because the enemy really doesn't want us to approach this. It is a group of people that are on their guard. They are warned to not trust anybody in their orientation. Because people present themselves in one way, and they are completely the other way. It's all a great amount of trying to give a presentation this way when this is where I'm really going to go. Not to show my hands too easily. You might have heard the term of not um, expending political capital. And so there's always a, a, a question of how much can I do? It's not a matter of this is right, I'm going to do it, or this is wrong, we're not going to do it. It is just trying to maneuver. And it's a great challenge for them to trust someone. And it's one of my regular prayers, is that I pray it would be me and, and others that have a, a better motivation, but there would be people in their lives that they can trust, people that they can talk to. And it's one of the things I regularly say to them. I am here for you. I am more concerned with you as a person than your politics or your vote. Amen. Ministry to state, if you look at the overview... I think it's a great summary of what ministry the state's all about. It's from Johnny Erickson Tata, um, our executive director, and she, and many of you know who she is, with uh, Johnny and Friends, a, a ministry to the handicapped in a variety of ways. And they were um, teenage friends, went to youth, young life together. And Chuck learned most of what he learned as a, a youth before he went off to college at the Erickson's home. And he's known her for a long time. And she wrote... The, um, the forward to the book called Rulers, which is hard to find. There, there are copies I've given around out a lot of copies, and they're still they're hard to find. So I, I only have one left. I didn't bring it with me today. But she wrote this, I think, wonderfully summarizes Ministry to State. The whole idea behind Ministry to State is totally incongruent to politics as usual. Ministry to State builds caring relationships not to receive anything gain favor, push a political agenda, glad hand, or seek a vote. Rather, we are about giving and caring for individuals who know what it feels like to be used. What better way to shake gospel salt and shine Christ's light in America's political culture? And so that's a, that's a hard thing for people to appreciate. One of the stories I like to tell, um, and it's a continuing saga. Um, there's a, a member of the House, and... I've only gotten to know him a little bit. Um, I was in dropping off one of my packets to introduce ministry to state. I'm talking to the administrative assistant. She was out there, and she is the administrative assistant for two House members. You, you know that they're not as high up on the rung when they have one secretary to share. Um, one House representative I met was in that situation in, I think it was... March or April, might have been February, and then the election changed, and he became a, um, a leader in the Republican caucus. And he went from sharing a secretary to having five staff and an office with almost as many rooms. So there is a, a serious hierarchy. It's, it's worse than high school in what, what the cliques are. Who hangs out with whom? 
and part of my prayers on a regular basis is that they would be broken down to a degree, that there would be friendships developed between someone in the Republican caucus and someone in the Democrat caucus, and even that those that are in either caucus would, that know what their caucus is doing is wrong would stand up and say so, would be willing to go against the pressure of the leadership, which is full of money, full of better office, full of committee, rep committee placement. There is such a tremendous hierarchy, and it's very, very difficult for someone to, to move out of that, to stand and say, I know what's right here, and I'm going to say it. Imagine what would happen if we had, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as God uses our prayers, that we start to see these people more than just pawns, but as people. And they are empowered and moved by the support that they are getting. That the body of Christ here in Pennsylvania, if we just had the PCA, we have 131 congregations. If we were regularly just loving and caring for them, showing God's love and speaking His truth in the variety of ways that God makes wonderfully with the variety of people we just have here, someone may, maybe many may, step out of their old paradigm into a new one. I pray regularly that God would give them a hunger for righteousness and truth and for the word of God, that they would be reminded of things that they learned when they were in their youth. And that they would have a hunger and thirst to understand our state constitution and our federal constitution. They take an oath to both when they assume their office. And the general word is that it's just perfunctory. No one takes that serious as the comments of people who have even heard. So it is a tremendous encounter. But God uses individuals in small and large ways. And it might be that God may be moving in your heart that you're going to say, I'm going to find out who my house representative is. And I'm just going to focus on them. And maybe once a month I'm going to call the office and say, good morning, I am praying for you today. Is there anything that I could pray for? And you will be surprised at the kind of responses you'll get. It, they will be, everything has been, thank you, when I have done it. Because most of the calls they get are, I need something from you, or you're not doing it right. When we contact in the love and glory of Christ, it can make a change. We see these people as individuals. They have their pressures. I pray for their marriages. That they would, the, the amount of times that divorce occurs is overwhelming. Do you, can I, sorry. Yes. You, in your relationship, now you have a different relationship than what we would have, like contacting them. But so like, do you, you try to stay non-political, um, but like if, if you were to call, if I was a call representative, or, or you call these people, and like how much do you interact with them if like they do do the right thing? If somebody does it, can, can you reach out to these people and say thank you for doing the right oh, thing? Oh, absolutely. I'll say that. Just encourage and say, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you, but Okay, so you let them know even when you think you did the right thing. You, you oh, know absolutely. I mean? Okay, right. Yeah, it's, it's very personal as I get to know who, who they are, what they're doing. 
Uh, just recently, I wrote a note to a uh, young kid. <laughs> he, he went to college, he went to law school, and he got elected to the house. But the kinds of things that he says, he is solid. Mm -hmm. He is really committed to Christ. Mm -hmm. He wants to do the right thing. Um, and he recently, I forget exactly what it was that, that, it, that he met. Oh, no, I, it wasn't over an issue. I just thanked him for being the kind of guy. Right. So I got a little bit more direct. I knew that he was in Christ, yeah. that he was professing Christ. So I, I went that way. Yeah. Those that I see that have a certain background... I, I think about that, and I write my cards mm -hmm. a little bit to that effect. Yeah. I'll bring a little bit more scripture into some. Other times I talk about it as ancient wisdom that right. will give us um, uh, better understanding on how to live our daily lives. When I say I'd be glad to come and read the Bible with you or to pray with and for you. And so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just with you saying, just how so many people complain to them and say, do this different. It'd be great to reach out and just encourage them with something has gone right or when yeah. they have done the right thing. That way they don't feel like they're being attacked. Oh, there's people who actually just mm -hmm. you know want to say, hey, you did a good job. Or, you know, and imagine when you, have, when you have a relationship with someone, it doesn't have to be super close, mm -hmm. but you have a relationship and then you know that you're a, a reasonably decent person, <laughs> that you've been kind to them, you've been thoughtful to them. If you go to them about an issue, really as a constituent, we're having this problem in our area, is there anything you can do about it? What do you think happens to how they hear that. More receptive. Much more receptive. And so we describe ministry to state much like what it means to be a follower of Christ. It's a, it's a ministry of presence. Are we around people? Are we making ourselves available? That they see us, they hear from us. And the presence doesn't have to be personal contact. It, like I said, it can be getting a, a, an email. How often do you enjoy getting an email from someone that says, I was thinking about you today. You were on my mind and I prayed for you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I thank you for the work that you do. Is there anyone that doesn't like to get that? <laughs> I thrive on those. And I save them all. Because the battle is significant. And we can feel down. We can feel like what I just did today was worthless. And I did it again when I went to the minister, um, went to do my presentation. I usually get five to 10 or 15 minutes, but it was a four hour drive. And I, I was thinking to myself, even as I was packing the car, is this really worth the work? It's not gonna be a lot of time there. And I'm never sure what God does with it. But it was a long day and I was one of the last, I was tired. I'd been up since three o'clock in the morning and I got myself engaged in what they were talking about, and they had some controversial things. And I got to do my presentation, I was told one time, and then it was delayed, and then it was moved, and uh, And I was just feeling sympathy and pity for these guys. I'd been there, a long presbytery meeting, and they're tired, and I really wasn't sure. So my game was real off in my presentation, and I thought I really blew it. And for the hour ride home, I was banging myself. And then I was just reminded again that this isn't God's hands. I may have thought I blew it in my presentation. And I'm planning on writing back to them and saying, oh, I'm sorry I wasn't as, as on in my presentation. I hope I get another opportunity. 
But we never know quite what God will do with whatever. You may blow it in a letter. You might have said too much. And they, might, they might say, well, why in the world did you send this to us? And, I said, and you might get the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one with that representative or someone from the office. And you can show them what it, it's like to interact with someone in a conflict, potential conflict, <coughs> who's in Christ. And they see the glory of God. So, oh, I'm so sorry that that was taken that way. This, this is what I meant to say, and, and I really appreciate the work you're doing here, and I didn't mean to be critical in a way that would be um, demeaning or such. Again, how often do we have that kind of thing occur in our daily lives with people we interact? One of the most often things that is not done in our culture, I think, today, in observing it is saying, I'm sorry, it was wrong for me to have done that. But we're commanded in Scripture to do that when we think we've been offended or if we know that we have offended, think we offended someone else. And we go. And so you may not realize, I, I don't think you do, I don't, I don't fully realize it, but it's, it's come to a greater amount here. How valuable you are for the furthering of Christ's kingdom. As I preached in that first sermon on, on uh, just a little while ago from uh, Psalm 23. There's that uh, story about the farmer with the good seed. Maybe some of you might remember that. But he had really good seed and he shared it with the other farmers around the community. And, and someone from the news who was interviewing him, because he had won so many awards with his good seed, said, why are you sharing it? You're in competition with these for who has the best seed. And he said, the more I share, because of the way corn grows, it gets fertilized, the better all of the crops will be. He's the one who had the good seed. You have the good seed when you are in Christ. And our the sin nature in ourselves is telling us to be quiet, telling us to say, well, it's not really that good. It's limited. Or yes, and such. And as you continue to go to God in prayer and asking for him, pleading with him to do whatever he wants with you, in whatever capacity he wants it to be done, you can start to prepare as he moves and gives you ideas on what to, to do. And then the third P that I talk about, prayer, preparation, and then participate. Take a risk to send maybe that first card, to send that email. Even to stop in and just say hello. Hey, I was in the neighborhood. I, I'm one of your constituents. Um, you can tell them if you voted for them or not. Um, both work. I didn't vote for you, but I am thankful to God that you're here. And I can, we can say that legitimately. We can say that I am thankful for you being, I thank God for you, because we know that God is working out his perfect plan, and in his perfect plan... This person is in office. Amen. That civil government belongs to God, and we are as instruments to help it to become something that is more reflecting his glory as we are his instruments to be a part of helping the body of Christ, the church government, to be reflecting his glory. And so, um, what I, I, I got interrupted with the one story from... Uh, a representative. So I'm in the um, office talking to the, the uh, administrative assistant. 
and he hears our conversation. And pretty much when a representative or senator says, jump, those that are in his staff say just how high. They wield a lot of influence. And he said, tell him to come in. He, she was, I came in, we sat down. Um, he was moving through. I could tell that he really had to get going, and I, I had a, a, a little faint idea that the house was getting to be on the floor pretty soon. And so they have to go if, if they're there. And he's leafing through it, and he's trying to make a connection with his spiritual background and with me and you know who, what he had seen, people had come to pray. And uh, we just talked. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just here to serve. Um, I'm here. I pray for you on a monthly basis. And uh, however I can be of, of service to you. Um, and he continued to connect a little bit. And then, uh, then I said, as I could see that we were winding it down, I said, is there anything I can pray for you now? Now, in, back there in the back was, be quiet, Ron. You just met him. Don't say that. And I have to fight that. As much as I believe it's good that I ask, I still have to fight that. That little voice back there saying, oh, it'll be awkward. It will be, might be rude or whatever you can come up with. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. I've had it happen way many more times than I would like to admit when I'm at the Capitol. But I'm thankful to God that many of those times he gives me the courage to go do what I have prayed about, what I have prepared for, and now I need to participate and take the risk. And in doing so, he started to cry. He was breaking down, getting all choked up. And he says, well, you can pray for me. My stepson, in his early 20s, died a couple months ago in a car accident. He said, I really never told anyone much about it. I met him for about two minutes. But the Holy Spirit was there. And he was working. And I got to pray for him. Well, the, con the ongoing saga, he said, well, maybe I can get you to come and pray in the, on the house. I prayed three times on the floor of the Senate. And I have not been to the house. And that might be possible. I wrote him a follow-up letter and said that I'm praying for him. Didn't hear anything. Wrote in a timely manner. Wrote another one. Didn't hear anything back. But it was his month, his day of the month, and I was at the Capitol, so he was dropping off the note. Just the note to say, I was praying for you. And that administrative assistant was there and says, Oh, I remember you. There were some other guys who came in here, and the representative says, That's not the one. He's been trying to get in touch with you. Do you have a card? And I said, Yes, I have a card. There's material on my card here. And you just never know. I thought I had blown it with what I had said. But I. God works in, in that wonderful way. So, in looking at this, um, going back to the very beginning of the daily prayer guide, we are called, as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, especially for kings or rulers and all who are in authority, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life Godly and dignified in every way. This is good and pleasing, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So, 
there is um, great motivation and a command and call for us to be more and more prayer warriors. We can do it up to the time when we're not able to think. Back when I was in seminary, I met a woman when I was challenged by our Old Testament uh, professor to read through the Old Testament in large chunks. Read through the, the, uh, the Pentateuch in the beginning, the first five books of Moses. To sit down and read through that whole thing in one city. It, it is transformational. It is a great thing. But he said, you get extra credit if you read through the entire Old Testament regularly and consider taking your Bible somewhere and reading to someone out loud. That's even better. And so I went to a local nursing home and uh, a lady responded to my request and she, she could not get out of bed on her own. She needed complete assistance to maneuver herself. But her ministry as a committed follower of Christ was that she prayed regularly and people came to her and asked her to pray. She spent her day, like we might go off to work, she spent her day praying in the kingdom. And that was a long time ago. I believe she's still alive. She was pretty old when I met her. But it was changing that we can and we have use. As long as we're still alive, we have use. Yes. There's no one else. So I've just been reading lately, and it's just, you know, when we look at these things, you know, I, I, the more I read, the more I am so glad to be, you know, to live in America, to live in Pennsylvania, especially with William Penn as, the, you know, the founder of this great state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, a lot of his ideals and things passed down are what make this country what it is. And as a young man, seeing these things slip away, and Pennsylvania seems like these things slip away, it gets me excited because I'm now committed to not just this country, but I'm committed to this state because it's William Penn State. Um, so it just gets me excited because not only am I glad for this ground that we're fighting for, but glad for specifically this state that we're fighting for. And there's no other way to do it. it. It's through prayer. It's through our Lord and Savior. So to me, it's super important because these are things that keep us free, and it's God who, who, who does it you know, through this way. Yeah. So it's, it's very exciting for me. I think in, in, that, in that light, as I'm, I'm turning to page five of the prayer guide, I just want to explain it a tiny bit as we're getting near the end. But I, I've come to this as I've been praying for this. This is almost a year now that I've been doing this. Um, the other day, I realized God may have brought so-and-so. I was looking at the bio of this person and going, boy, I, I hate the fact that they're in our Congress. Right. I hate it. Right. Everything that they stand for is wrong, in my view. I really didn't like where they were going and the kinds of things that they had been doing. I really didn't like them. But God changed my heart on that. And they were part of things that have been detrimental to our, to our state in laws that were passed, things that are promoted. And, and God stopped me and reminded me that maybe this person is here in our House of Representatives because I'm going to have you pray for him or her. That's why they got elected. God uses his instruments for his glory and for their blessing and benefit. His people for his blessing and benefit. And I don't know if this person, I know they need to come to Christ with how they were living their lives and the things that they were doing. And God may 
use me or maybe one of you, and you, you pray for this individual. But it was a transforming thing. Yes? I was going to ask, Ron, as we think about praying for representatives and senators, I know our church family comes from various areas, E-Town, Nachaloy, mm -hmm. Harrisburg-ish, Lebanon, mm -hmm. uh, Lancaster. Who are, who are some of those that are probably represented by the church family? I know Tom Jones yes. is represented in a lot of areas here. Um, uh, Brett Miller is is here. Uh, Tom Jones, Dave Zimmerman. Uh, he's a little bit further that I know. Um, I think this Ryan Elmich is a senator. From yes, he is, he is one of the, one of the senators. And uh, so, getting to know those, we have Russ Diamond is one of our representatives in the Lebanon area, um, and. Uh, the the uh, directory, that, that's a good segue into here, the, the prayer guide is in 30 days. And what I've done is, um, you look down at members of our House and Senate, uh, the first one is Patrick Harkins, and he is District 1. That's what those numbers mean, that's where they're just... I ended up deciding, I did it initially alphabetically, and then I'd like to keep the format so I can change it every election. So I went by the numbers, not alphabetically. That would be more for me than I knew how to rearrange. <laughs> um, and then the second two are senators. There's two of them there. Uh, Nikhil Saval and uh, Christine Taratagaglion. Um, so those are the seven people, typically for the first 25 days, and then the senators go away, and then there's some others that are there. So you can go through. It's just a listing of who they are. Um, directions on how you can look them up on the computer. It uh, doesn't take long. just takes a few moments to click. You can save the, the sites. They go right to it. There's a, a drop-down for House and Senate. You can pick, look for them alphabetically or by district number. You can even plug in the computer, uh, that website, and plug in your address, and it'll tell you who all of your representatives from the state up to the federal. We all share the same two senators and the same president here, so you, I don't focus as much on them, but I do pray for them. Uh, not nearly as, as much as I really should. Uh, I don't pray for our senators as much, uh, well, not as much for Casey. I've been praying for uh, John Fetterman uh, for quite a while, uh, and then also uh, Joe Biden um, as our president. Um, so you can go through, and then you could use the... Uh, the suggestions that are there that will help to uh, guide, maybe expand a little bit um, on how you thought about praying for them. If you have any thoughts on those uh, suggestions, oh, Ron, that's not really, doesn't seem like a really good idea here for XYZ, or would you consider adding this? Uh, let me know, or if you have a way to rephrase it. Um, it's definitely not written in stone. I am ready to transform it. I only make them in small batches when I need them, so it's not trying to get it all done for a major um, uh, production. Then I posted at the very end um, some three significant prayers that you could look at to be reminded. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord's Prayer, and then Psalm 51, um, keeping us ever repentant Amen. and humble as we go to God in prayer. There may be times that you might sit down and you're pretty angry as I was at that one point. It's really 
not liking the situation and, and thinking that the person was acting in a, in a really poor way. Um, but God can transform us and change us and enable us to see what's really right and true and guide our actions in a, in a much better way. So I, I offer those things that you don't need to get discouraged, even though you will, to be reminded if I can ever be of help, if you want to call me or email me or send me a note that this is really cool, something that happened, or I'm struggling with this, can you pray for me? I'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, but I want to just continue to encourage you, not just with ministry to stage, what we're talking about here, but with your, your overall following of Christ. I urge you to take some of the books over there. They're all designed to encourage, help, strengthen, equip the followers of Christ to be um, more diligent. Uh, some are dealing with looking to God for revival. There's a great book on the table about revival. If you really want to dig into and think about how to take this good seed that God has given to us and bring it into whatever environment, whether it's the state government or it's your workplace or it's your family. Many of us have challenging relationships within our families and we're wondering, what can I do? There's stuff to glean from those books. There's an excellent book with a really bad title, uh, Through the Looking Glass, but it's on the glory of Christ. It's an excellent book to be washed a little bit in the glory of Christ. Um, uh, the Courage to be Protestant. It may not be the best title for that book, but um, it, like, it creates a dividing line right off. But it's an excellent book if you want to just re-look in a, in a thoughtful manner of what it means to be a follower of Christ. It covers lots of different things. I thought it just... I, I buy copies whenever I can find them to give them out, and I've probably given away a dozen of them over the years. Um, if you find a book, you pick it up, and you don't like it, um, please don't toss it out. Bring it back. I like them all, um, and I'll give them to someone else. There's some others on the kingdom of Christ. Um, they're there. They're all free. People that donate to the ministry of the state um, pay for those, and the design is to give them out. Um, if you would like at some point to... Uh, know more about MTS or invite me to a group. I'm, I'll go anywhere. It doesn't matter how small it is to talk about it because we never know quite what God's going to do. Um, there's on the back and all the literature has um, my contact information as well as how you can donate if you would like to donate. I am just extremely grateful for uh, Proclamation. Uh, they are my You all are my major supporters and not just through the general fund, through the missions budget, but by individuals. And it is a great help. I, I'm about 25% of my funds raised. Um, we're looking, would love to get to 100% that I could stop um, teaching driving, uh, behind the wheel driving as a part-time job, and give full attention to this. But because of the generosity of God's people and his provision, I now can commit Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays completely to MTS. And we're, Kathy and I are trusting that God will continue to provide what we need with that. So if you ever have any more questions, I think we're at the end of our time. I'll be glad to stick around and talk. Um, please don't hesitate to call me. Send me a card. I love cards. 
or an email of whatever you'd like to talk about, and um, I'd be glad to talk with you. Um, I'll just stick around for some questions. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for these wonderful people. I thank you for the body of Christ at large. We have struggles, we have difficulties, but you have given us yourself in Christ. That your spirit is here, and he is guiding us and teaching us. He is showing us our sin. And Lord, I pray that you would use us. Take us in all of our weaknesses, all of our mistakes, and all of our foibles, as well as all of the skills that you've enabled us to accumulate, and use us wherever you want us. I thank you in the beautiful and precious name of Jesus.